0: That's what you got to do to the world, good food. You. you're out Seasonal bounty and we're keeping it fresh. Seasonal bounty, got the scoop on what's best to
1: eat right now. Greetings and top of the day to you all. Yes, it is Tuesday afternoon, and this is the host of Seasonal Bounty, Cameron Davies. Meaning one thing: yes, this is a cheeky Christmas bonus episode. Now, you might have noticed that with those last run of four or five bonus episodes, I had all focusing on your flavour memory. Now, look, being disabled is probably part of a bit. When you're disabled, you're very keenly aware of your abilities. Now, what I've noticed since I've really been working hard to use my flavour memory is that I do really feel like I have a new ability. And from that, I feel like I have access to different things. And one of those different things is a bigger perspective, Small patterns in my food that kind of allow me to think a bit bigger about things and learn more about the science or the mechanics of food, I think is probably the best way to think of it. I wanted to do this because I wanted us to talk about flavor memory now because Christmas is a real time of flavor memory birth. We have a lot of flavor experiences but we also have a lot of experience experiences that go along at the same time as the flavors so it is a time when we do learn a lot or we we do get a lot of flavor memories and just to start off with I think the thing that is really interesting about flavor memories is and I think if you ever think about some of your Christmas flavor memories you'll say this too is that because they're not just a single sense, they're not just taste. Their taste, their smell, their touch, they their vision. They are multi-sensory memories. As a result, they're actually quite big memories. So some of those things you think of, I can think of the plum pudding, and I, I can picture my whole family around the table. Okay. And even some of the colors of the decorations, because my mum always likes to have She sets the table as well as setting everything else up. So that's really nice. And so I remember some of those pictures as well. So what I wanted to talk about today was my experience giving my flavor memory a bit of a push and the benefit of that coming up to Christmas and ways you can share in that coming up to Christmas as well. So the first thing that I've noticed is that I just become a little bit more sensitive to kind of small patterns through flavor. And so over the last three weeks a month, I've had a number of occasions when sourness has played quite a key interesting learning part in my flavor profile. So let me give you an example of those occasions. First one was, I got one of those nice little, um, they're called Emmer and Tom juices from Woolies. And they are very, very, very vegetable-rich juices. They have one called a um, a Green Power Boost, which has two and a half serves of vegetable in like a 300ml or one cup size um, serving. So there is quite a lot of greenery in there. As a result, now, the Anami, we're used to thinking of Anami as the protein flavor, but... Let's see, anami comes from Japanese, as I mentioned some time back. And it, basically, the the definition of anami is pleasant, savory flavor. And that is a very, very, very broad definition, because to me, savory simply means not sweet. So, in a lot of ways, I kind of like to think of it as, yeah, sure, okay, it is the, um, it is the taste of the protein, but just like, really, the protein of a dish is the, is what the what kind of dish it is it's a bit like the anami is the main flavor carrying part of the dish so in having one of those lemon and tom juices the green boost one is like whoa that is a very green juice, and you can taste all that greenness but it also has a little bit of lemon juice in there as well and the way that works is really interesting because While that greenness has that really nice um, green flavour and also a tiny, tiny little bit note of sweetness, Um, what the sourness does, it acts almost like a lens and allows you to look back at that green flavour and enjoy it more. So it allows you to focus on the body of the flavour. So that's kind of interesting. So That's something a bit different to, to how I'd been talking about flavors previously where I've been saying, adding something different adds complexity to flavors. This one kind of allows you to focus more rather than make it more complex. Now, I had another similar experience involving sours when I chose to go to a Thai restaurant the other week. Now, I love my coconut milk curry, so I made sure I had a really nice um, Thai red vegetable curry. And so the big flavor in that dish is the coconut milk and the prawn paste. And like both red and green curries and then most Indian curries as well, they do have a sour element to them. In in the Thai case, they, they have pretty much a whole lime. So the flesh and the skin of a lime. And what I found was, again, that sour note highlighted the beautiful, rich, Uh, coconut flavors and the prawn flavors. It wasn't so much, it didn't so much add or distract from it. It allowed you to focus on that big part of the flavor. So I thought that's kind of interesting, isn't it? So that's perhaps why we use sourness a lot with seafood because it doesn't necessarily eliminate that flavor. It allows you just more to focus on the flavor. And I thought, well, you know where this, maybe this could work as well, would be with something like a broccoli. Because so after having that green juice, I thought maybe it would work with broccoli. I'll just squeeze a little bit of lemon juice onto a broccoli, and maybe that would um, kind of lead you to enjoy the greenness of it, you know, the flavour of it. Or, I'm sure it could also work on some other meat dishes as well. Thinking of last week, I spoke about using that pineapple. Or, I know there's a number of different Asian pineapple dishes with chicken. So something like that might do a trick as well. It uh, could be very interesting to try. And one other sour flavour was in my my flavour paradise, which is the Ethiopian restaurant. I love to go to those beautiful Ethiopian restaurants. Was I had a spicy dish, and they didn't just add chilli to it, they also added lemon juice to it. And guess what that did? So it wasn't just hot and spicy, it actually made it quite a pleasant smooth spice it wasn't like a really rough and raw chili it was like just a smooth chili so that's an interesting way to look at how it does it too it actually has a kind of degree of levelness to a dish so that was one more so that's why i'm trying to book myself into going to a Filipino restaurant because my understanding is most they use a lot of vinegar and sugar in their dishes so i thought so well i need to go there to find where they use um sound it's a bit differently than how we do uh, now, the other flavor memories that I'm thinking of just of recently would have to relate to coffee because you might remember some time back I did a bonus episode just about coffee flavors. I've been trying to update my standards for coffee to something very um, Melbourne, so something extremely high level. So the first coffee I wanted to get the, a good perspective on was, of course, my favorite coffee, the Long Black. Now... If you're in Melbourne, you would know there is only one place that does Melbourne's best long black. And you're I can hear you out there saying, of course, Pellegrini's on Russell Street. And I can tell you, that is a next level coffee. That That is not a normal coffee. That That is, if you go in there and have it eaten so you can have it out of their glass, you will just be like, whoa, that was some special kind of coffee. And one thing I noted from it was a, was a, a Feeling thing was that if your long black is super hot, that is because they've mismade it. They're not making it correctly we're making it super hot. In fact, there's one simple error they're making. Um, and so, after tasting that coffee at Pellegrini's, I was able to go back to my local cafe and point out just one or two small things I was doing that we could just change slightly to improve it. So, it's about giving myself a higher standard to work to. Um, and then another thing I did was I thought, well, I'd better go and have a taste of latte because I hadn't had a latte for a number of years now. So I went and had a cafe latte and you know I remember? I remember why I hadn't had a latte for a number of years. Now, and because that is a really boring, it's quite a boring coffee, isn't it? It's very much, you know, just two simple, plain, flat flavors mixed together. So what did I do? I had, I had good coffee, conversations with a carer of mine called Giovanni, who is the most Italian Geelong person you'll ever meet, about how we could perhaps change the, uh, the milk to make it a much more interesting characteristic. So that's something I'll be looking at bringing to a you in the near future. So keep your eye out for Cam's coffees and we'll see what we can do with those. Um, um, now, other coffee memories were going to a Vietnamese restaurant and you often you go to a Vietnamese restaurant and say would you like a Vietnamese iced coffee? Now, to be really honest with you, I don't think they make like a Turkish coffee I'm pretty sure it's just a strong instant coffee and then they put a bunch of condensed milk with it and condensed milk is just really thickened very sweet milk so what I learned from having that, that coffee which is extremely bitter but also extremely sweet is that sweetness is not the opposite to bitterness because as I had my first sip of it, it was like, whoa! My whole mouth is filled with flavour, and those flavours it was filled with were sweetness and bitterness at the same time, which really filled my mouth up, because they were two extreme different flavours, but they filled it right up. But they didn't eliminate each other, so they're not opposites to each other. Now, I <clears> know <throat> I went back to my, my food magic place of an Ethiopian restaurant. Now, Ethiopians have been having coffee for because coffee originally comes from Ethiopia. They've been having coffee for nearly a thousand years longer than any of us have. So they know a little bit more about how to use it than we do. So they make an extremely strong kind of coffee like a Turkish one where you grind it with just a little bit of water. And do they put sugar in that? No, because they know it doesn't actually really change the flavor of it in any big way. So what do they put it in instead? I reckon when you go to an Ethiopian restaurant, as I always say, if you haven't been to an Ethiopian restaurant, why not? Why, have you, why are you not doing yourself a favour of that? If you go to an Ethiopian restaurant, ask for their, an original Ethiopian coffee with the salt. That's right, they don't, put, they don't put sugar in their coffee, they put salt in their coffee. And here's what I said, I said, give me a real Ethiopian coffee. They bought it out and I had it and I was like, excuse me, does that have cream in it? And said no it's only got salt in it and the salt just because it's the opposite of bitter cancels the bitter out but also the bitterness cancels the saltiness out so you would not know there was any salt in it at all plus on top of that they put in a teaspoon of oil and the oil kind of misleads you textually and the smell think is that creamy is that cream that's in there honestly you would swear it was a creamy coffee but it's not, it's a little short black coffee with salt and oil in it. And so that was not, that wasn't just coffee magic, that was like, that, was, that wasn't just coffee um, science, that was coffee magic, was like, wow. And that's how I learned that the opposite of bitter is in fact salty, which is quite a useful little trick to know when you're cooking, so you can always bring down things that are too bitter, you can easily fix it up with just a touch of salt. Okay, now the thing was I wanted to give you a chance to use this at Christmas because Christmas, you probably already have a good number of flavor memories at Christmas because this is a time when we get together and have big social memories around family and also around food. So I want you to think about some of those food memories that you have from Christmas and you'll see because they're not just simple. They're not just simple one sense. like They're not just about smell. They're about smell and taste and touch and vision all together. So they are actually really big memories you can, you can store in a flavor, because, or in a food memory, because there is a lot of senses to food memories. So the one for me is, I think of the beautiful mince pies using my grandmother's recipes that my, my sister and our auntie put together the mince for, and then my sister battles away way through a mountain of um, pastry to make them every year and does a beautiful job of it and the other one would be an extension of that is my mum's plum puddings which she does every year about i think she does it early late november early december and she makes enough batter to make two puddings two puddings she does she just she uses one for christmas that year and the next one she saves until next year and I can tell you the ones that is aged over a year are magnificent. They really are delicious. Such a rich, deep fruit uh, and skin, because uh, they, use, they use the skin peel. you got to make sure you get the fruit with the peel in it. Um, and also a little bit of brandy, and of course you serve it with brandy sauce. really brings the richness out, and that is such a... Big mouthful of flavour but also the smell is just magnificent and I can pretty much picture the whole room, the the table, the table decorations, everyone sitting around it, the temperature, all of those things because it's a big memory. So I would encourage you to actually Make sure everyone is engaged enough in the food to be forming flavor memories. So it's not nothing wrong with you talking about what you were trying to achieve with these dishes and this is the flavors that you are happy that you think you achieved. What does everyone else think about that? Did you reach them or what do they think of them? What did, did they find to be the most interesting part of the meal? And it's totally okay to have that discussion. And remember that all of the different things you can discuss right in the food are vision, smell, taste, and texture. So there's a lot to talk about. And like I said, the more of those you bring into it, the bigger the memory can be for people. Um, and so, I re- And there's absolutely nothing wrong with you making sure that people are thinking about those issues so they can form good flavour memories along with everyone else. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all, so. Give it a go, and I say, look forward to a Christmas and a new year with some, with the adventures of new flavors. Like, if you're going on a trip, it's like packing your camera. You wouldn't go on a trip without a camera, would you? Well, in my mind, you wouldn't go on a trip without your flavor memory, would you? Because you can remember so much about a trip from the flavors that you learned about and what they taught you about the place you went to. So, uh, I'm hoping those will be all wonderful things that you can use in the, in the coming holiday season. So, please remember that uh, I say I love you. And for me, it is good enough that I can give you the chance to this little bonus episode about Christmas. I don't expect the gift. All I want from you is just if you could find two of your friends. Tell them about our website, www.seasonalbounty.com.au and then come back later and make sure they are subscribed and listening to the show. That would be a wonderful gift if you were able to do that for me. So please remember that I do love you and um, until
0: next year, thank you for your time and travel well. Thank you. this